It's good. Hey, um, we're in a series called I'm In, and it's a series that I really felt like uh, God um, put on my heart for us to do, almost like a, a reset of what our heart is here at Revive in um, Pukekohe. And so last week we, we did this message called I'm Invited, and, and it was really all about the fact that Jesus reaches out to the people that others reject, that Jesus doesn't have any favorites, that Jesus is all about whoever is in need of him, whoever is broken, whoever is downcast, that he came for those that were sick, not those that were whole. And, and, we, and we looked at this whole thing about this uh, prostitute that came to Jesus' feet and how the religious people of the day wanted to reject her, but Jesus embraced her. And, and just this whole thing of understanding that that we're actually here for everybody, yeah? That the people that rejected them was not Jesus, it was the religious people. And, and we, have a, we have a battle on our hands because our community still thinks to the day that the church, and when I say the church, I don't mean this church, I mean the church is a place that judges, is a place that they have to get themselves right before they can come through the doors. And that's not the gospel, and that's not what we believe here, that everybody is welcome Everybody is invited, and, um, and so this week, I'm doing a message that is probably one of the most important messages I could ever preach as a pastor for you and for I, but it's also one of the most difficult messages for you to believe about yourself. I think the biggest struggle we have is, is not so much what God says, it's that we struggle to believe that He's right about us. And what Jesus actually says all the way through the scriptures, is that you and I are invaluable, that we are invaluable to him, that we are invaluable just because you are you, and you're created in his image, and that you're a child of God, and that makes you invaluable. It makes you so valuable that it's unbelievable, that you're so important to him, that you are invaluable. And he even has parables in the Bible where, where he shows his heart for you and I, when there's a parable about the the shepherd who leaves the 91 sheep to go and find the one. What God is trying to show us is that every single person matters. Every single person is important and that you are invaluable. And nobody is, you know, he doesn't go, oh, I've got 99, forget the one. It's pretty good, 99%. It's not a bad turnout. It'd be a little bit like me going out somewhere with, with our family and we lose Madison somewhere along the way and I just go, well, 50%'s not bad. Still got Seth. Jump in the car, go home. None of us would ever do that, would we? Although some of you are like, oh, maybe. <laughs> Based on what I went through this year. Um, you are valuable to God because you are you. Come on. And you're uniquely created by God. So not only are you valuable because you are who you are, but you're uniquely created by Him as well. And you're not just valuable because of who you are, you're valuable because you're created with a purpose. That God has a purpose for every single person. We know that through Scripture. Psalm 139 says that before you were even um, a sparkle in your daddy's eye, while you were in the womb, God knew you and He had His plans and His purposes for your life. That God doesn't just, you didn't just turn up on the planet by mistake, but God actually has a purpose and a plan for your life. You're created to make a difference in God's church as God's church. And the reason that this message is so difficult for us to believe is because we look at everything that everybody else has, we look at the gifts that everybody else has, 
And we often feel like we're not, not good enough or we're not talented enough or we're just not spiritual enough or we're just not smart enough to make a difference. You, you know what I'm talking about. You know those prayer meetings where you turn up and somebody prays and you're like, I'm never praying in public again in my life after what they just did. Why are you looking at me so stunned today? You know it's there. And when we look at others and see how they can quote scriptures and how they pray, I mean, you know those people, they pray prayers so amazing that even God's up in heaven going, now that was good. (laughs) They're powerful and they're flowing and we're insecure and we don't know that much and sometimes we make mistakes and then we even sometimes make bigger mistakes And then the lie that so many of us believe that the enemy tells us is that when it comes to the church, if you weren't here, it wouldn't really matter that much. The biggest lie that the enemy tells us is that if you weren't in church and if you weren't part of the church, it wouldn't really matter that much because you don't really add any value. If I wasn't here If I wasn't doing my little part, it wouldn't make that big a difference. And my prayer for us this morning, for those listening online this morning, my prayer is that you will see that you are invaluable to God's Word. That without you, things just don't happen. That you are uniquely prepared with divine gifts that He has given you, with passions and with talents that He placed in your hand. That when God created you, He put you in this moment of history because at this time you were the right person and this was the best time for those talents and those gifts and that personality to bring the greatest amount of glory to God. You are invaluable to God's work. And the fact that you're looking at me this way goes to show how hard it is for us to believe that that's true. We think everybody else is invaluable because I can't sing, I can't play an instrument, I can't preach like that, I can't do this like that. And so we think everybody else is invaluable, but I'm not. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12, it says this, that the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body, so it is with the body of Christ. So, for example, what he's trying to say here is that you've got eyes, yes? You've got ears, you've got elbows, you've got hands, you've got feet, you've got a chin. All those parts make up the part of the human body, and all those parts are different from each other, but if one of those parts were missing, it could be a problem. That all those parts make the human body what it is, that every single part has a role. And he's comparing the human body to basically using it as a metaphor for the body of Christ. He's kind of saying like, just like the human body is made up of all these different things, so is the body of Christ. Let me try and explain this to you a little bit. Um, We're going to go to school this morning, so I need your help in this whole thing. A lion on its own is called a lion, but a, a group of lions is called a pride of lions. Doing really well. A rhinoceros on its own is a rhinoceros, but a group of rhinos, (laughs) a group of rhinos is called a what? It's called a crash, which is kind of freaky because rhinoceroses can't see that far in front of them, so when they get up to full speed, 
they actually can't see what's in front of them enough to slow down enough, so hence they crash. And so a group of rhinoceros is called a crash. Okay, here's the next one. What's, what's a group of, a cheetah on its own is called a cheetah, but a group of cheetahs is called a, a coalition of cheetahs. Sounds like a you know, government thing. Yeah, we all got together and we sat down and we wrote some policies and we got a coalition of cheetahs. It's weird, isn't it? A donkey on its own is called a donkey, but a group of donkeys is called a what? It's called a pace of donkeys, which is kind of weird because donkeys don't have much pace. Yes? A crow on its own is called a crow, but a group of crows is called a what? A murder of crows. No wonder nobody likes crows. It's like, oh, look at that, the murder of crows. Okay, vultures on their own are called a vulture, but a group of vultures is called a what? It's called a committee of vultures. And if you've ever been on a committee, you understand. <laughs> but I want you to see something here that maybe you've never seen before, and that is that on their own, they're a lion or they're a cheetah or they're a rhinoceros or they're this or they're that. But when a group of them come together, their identity changes. Come on, you've you got to let that sink in a little bit because I don't think you're getting me. An animal on its own is one name, but when an animal comes together with other animals of the sameness, they take on a new identity. It's not a lion anymore, it's a pride of lions. It's not a crow anymore, it's a murder of crows. It's not a cheater anymore, it's a coalition of cheaters. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so what the Bible is trying to sell, tell us here is that if you're a person that's submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ on your own, you would be called a Christian or, or maybe a disciple or maybe a, maybe a follower of Christ. But when you get a group of Christians together that are gathered together to worship God, empowered by His Spirit to make a difference in the world, you are not a Christian and you are not a disciple and you are not a follower of Christ anymore. You are now the body of Christ. And just like individually, you may be a Christian, but when we come together, our identity shifts and we are no longer an individual, but now we are the body of Christ. And now it changes because we are his body and he is the head. And so now our identity completely shifts from a place of individualism to a place where we are now part of who he is and what he is doing. You got me this morning. On your own, you're just a disciple, but when we gather together with spirit-filled, word-believing Christians, you have a new identity, and you are now his body. I don't know about you, but that kind of freaks me out a little bit that we are meant to be the body of Christ, because I know how Christ wants to be communicated to the world, and I'm not sure that the body does a very good job of that sometimes. And I think we don't do a good job of that because we still see ourselves as individuals when we come together. Everybody happy they're at church this morning? See, what he's really saying here is that you're his hands, you're his feet, you're his mouth that lifts up others with goodness and encouragement of who Christ is. You're his heart when you express his love to people who are hurting or feel far from God. He's really saying that you are an invaluable part of the body of Christ. And the body of Christ needs all the parts working together so that the body of Christ can be his hands, can be his feet, can be his heart, can be his voice, can be his encouragement, can be all those things. At any time the enemy tells you that you're not important, 
that you're not good enough, that you, you just need to step back and go, whoa, hold on a sec. I am. God created me, and so I'm valuable because he created me. I'm valuable because he's put gifts and talents on the inside of me, and I'm a valuable part of the body of Christ, and the body of Christ needs my part because without it, a part is missing. And what I hope you'll understand and what I hope you'll embrace this morning is that every part of the body actually matters. It says this further on in Corinthians 12, 14 to 17. It says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, what would would that make it any less part of the body? And if the body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? And really what he's saying here is he's saying that every part of the body matters. And so often we feel like our part doesn't make a big difference at all. And you might be an ear going, man, I wish I was an eye. Because I don't know about you, but the ear quite often gets overlooked, and the eye gets a lot of credit, doesn't it? Let me help you to understand what I'm saying. No one has ever had an ear-to-ear conversation. No one has looked lovingly at the ears of their wife or husband. If you have someone who looks lovingly at your ears and not your eyes, you should probably dump them, because that's weird. Okay, let me take it to another level. Think about movies that you've seen, yeah? Have you ever seen The Hills Have Ears? Or For Your Ears Only? What about Beauty is in the Ear of the Beholder? I've got some more. You've got bedroom ears. I've got stars in my ears. I can keep going all day long. You're the apple of my ears. We can just keep going and going and going. The ear can say, I'm just not that important because the eye's the one that gets all the credit. But here's the problem. If the ear said it and wasn't around, then nobody would hear it. And your part, your role, your presence, your voice, your contribution, it all matters in the family of God. Not one part does not matter. It goes on and says this in Corinthians Verse 22, in fact, some parts of the body that may seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. You know, those people that that we think we're overlooked or or that we don't really get any airtime and I'm not really on the stage and I'm not really visible, he's saying here that those people are often the most necessary parts of the body. Because all of you together make Christ's body. Not individually, but all of us together. And each one of you has a part to play. And your role matters to the heart of God. And it matters to the body of God. I mean, take for example, your hand. Yeah? Your hand. The thumb gets a lot of attention, doesn't it? You can play thumb games. I'm pretty sure Trinity's beating Seth. And thumb wars by about 10,000 to two. Um, your thumb gets a lot of, you know, then, then this finger, you know, you can use it to point or, you know, like it's, it's got a bit of, then there's your middle finger. It, 
we're not going to display what the middle finger does because it just doesn't bring much glory to God. But if you've driven on the motorway with angry people, you understand middle finger gets quite a bit of airtime. And then, and then this finger here is your, your ring finger. Yeah, it's got your wedding ring on it. And so, you know, it gets a bit of attention. But what about poor old Pinky? What does Pinky ever get? Here's the crazy thing. I did some research and I found out, did you realize that 50% of the strength of your hand comes from your little finger? You see, we, we think that some things are insignificant or that what I'm doing, my part that I'm playing is insignificant. But if you're the little finger, you're bringing 50% of the power of the hand. What about, does anybody know what the uvula does? You're like, what's a uvula? I know because of my operation earlier this year. It's a little thing that dangles down the back of your throat and it's got like a little ball on the end of it. It's like a punching bag. Nobody has really any idea what the uvula does. Let me tell you. The uvula in your lifetime creates enough saliva to fill two swimming pools. Yeah. So if you're ever at swimming and the pool's a little bit empty, the uvula is what you need to bring out. <laughs> Here's the other thing. Armpit hair. Armpit hair. I'm like, women shave it off. That's how important it is. But did you realize that armpit hair diffuses your odor and makes you more naturally attractive? Here's the thing. If I'm honest with you, this is how I got Trinity. This Trinity does this thing with her hair, and I just. <laughs> what I'm trying to show you today is that your part matters. Your part matters. You didn't even know what the uvula did. But that part matters. Have you ever woken up in the morning with a dry mouth? You know what I'm talking about. It part matters. Your part matters in the body of Christ. And it's often the parts that are least visible or seen like they're not that important. They actually are the most important. Just because what you do may not be visible does not mean that it's not important. Just because people don't see it or, you, or don't know about it doesn't mean it doesn't matter to God or matter to all types of people. You may be the invisible prayer warrior and you spend tons of time praying in your closet seeking God and nobody knows. But week after week in this place, lives are changed. Week after week in this place, people are saying yes to Jesus because of your private faith that has touched God's heart. And the public miracles are seen because of what you did behind the scenes that nobody else sees. Your part is important. It plays a part. You may do something simple as to help someone feel loved or smile at someone, pick up a piece of rubbish that's on the floor. It may not be incredibly visible, but just because it's not visible does not mean that it's not important. It's all important because every part makes up the body. Other people may never know what your gift is does. They may never know that you prayed for them. 
They may never know that it was your smile when someone walked through the door who felt really uncomfortable and nervous about coming and afraid of coming to church that made the difference. That one moment of welcome helped someone come back into the kingdom of God or find him for the first time. Just because you don't do what is visible does not mean that it's not important. And here's the thing. The church is incomplete without your contribution. If we are the body of Christ, then the church is incomplete without your contribution. You are called by God, chosen by God, created by God, and you have a part to play in the body of Christ. Have you ever woken up in the morning or some stage during the night and found that you've been sleeping on your arm and your arm is asleep? And you start shaking it and trying to get the blood flowing through it again, yeah? Because basically when you wake up initially, the arm is paralyzed. It's useless. It doesn't do anything. It's dormant. It's, it's just there. Here's the thing. And hear my heart when I say this this morning. You're a part of the body of Christ, but if you're not using your gifts that God has given you, then you've gone to sleep. And that part of the body now is useless in accomplishing what God has planned. You're not living out your calling, your function, your role, your part, your position. And if that's you, can I please, from the bottom of my heart and from God himself and from the rest of us, say, please wake up. Please wake up because that part of our body is missing. That part of our body needs to wake up. You've got something unique to offer that nobody else does. And if one part of the body is asleep, the rest of the body has to work harder and others have to put in more because you're not doing your role. You are invaluable. Something that God wants to get done isn't being done. Something that God, somebody that God wants to reach may not be reached. Somebody that God wants to hear the gospel may not hear the gospel because your part of the body has fallen asleep. And church, we need to wake up. We need to wake up because the church is not a building that we go to. It's not an institution that we are part of. It's the living body of Christ. That's what the church is. It's not a service, and it's not a building. It is the body of Christ, and it needs to represent what the head says and does. You're not an individual. You're part of something much greater. And when we all do our part, something significant happens. We don't go to church to have our needs met. We're the church of Jesus Christ, and our job is to meet the needs of of others. That's what we do. That's who we are. And you're an invaluable part of the body of Christ that has been established in this community to reach the needs of the community, not to consume upon ourselves, but to be his hands, his feet, his mouth, his heart. You may say, well, but, I, but I've messed up. I don't know enough. Uh, my life is so many Problems in the past, you, you just don't understand about my past. Here's the thing, 
That's just the enemy telling you that you're not good enough. Here's the thing about your past. Your past does not disqualify you from being used by God. Your past does not disqualify you from being used by God. I once heard a preacher say this, just because the church can't use you doesn't mean that God can't use you. You know, there are some things around the laws now, especially you know, around our kids and stuff like that, we have to do police checks and all that sort of stuff. And there may be stuff in your past which disqualifies you from being able to serve legally in our children's ministry, but it doesn't disqualify you from God using you. Just because the church can't doesn't mean that God can't. Disqualifies you. Because here's the thing, if you've got a past, if you've got stuff going on, I know this, I know that God can deliver you and I know that God can transform you and your past doesn't disqualify you. In fact, I would suggest to you that your past actually prepares you. You're better prepared to help others heal because of your past. You're better prepared to help others rebuild because of your past and what God has done in your life. You're better prepared to help people know there is hope even in the darkest moments because of what God brought you through. Oh, but, but I was an addict and, and I still struggle and I still have doubts and I still don't know that much. If you know the grace of God, you know enough that you need to be part of His body. You know how to love somebody if you've experienced his grace. You are prepared to be part of the body of Christ and your contribution matters. And if you're still in progress, then you're even being better prepared. But so often we get so intimidated by these perfect spiritual people that come in and it's like they float in, you know. It's like when they walk into the room, everything just like, it's like the matrix. Here's the thing. If it doesn't float when you walk in the room, then you're being prepared to make a difference. Sometimes there's people that come in that looks like it floats when they walk in the room. Sometimes the worst people ever in the kingdom of God. Because they think they're more than what they are. Here's the thing. I want to ask you a question this morning. What do you think could happen if every part of the body engaged in ministry, engaged in their calling, engaged in their giftings, engaged in their talents? What do you think could be different in our communities if we saw our role as significant and invaluable to the work of God? Your presence matters. You're like, oh, it doesn't matter if I don't come to church. Here's the thing. We went out on a family evening on Thursday night for Madison's birthday. If Seth had decided to stay home, then it's not a family night, is it? Are you hearing what I'm saying? We have family dates where we go out for the day and we do stuff as a family, but if one of them doesn't come, then it's not a family date. If one of them is missing, then the family hasn't all come together. I don't know about you, but that was probably one of the biggest things that we didn't like was when we had family members having birthdays in the middle of lockdown, but we couldn't come together as a family. Or all the Auckland side could, but the Waikato side couldn't. It's like we were rejected. Here's, here's the thing, 
if you have a family night and one kid is not there, then, then it's incomplete. It's not a family, it's incomplete. If one person is not there, the family is incomplete. Your presence matters to God. It matters to us. You're part of a family. Your story matters. Your gifts matters. Your talent matters. What, what do you think would be possible if all of us stepped up to do what we were uniquely created to do? What do you think would be possible if all of us understood how invaluable we are, no matter what our role may be, and we all stepped up into the role that God has given us, if we all played our part of the body of Christ? Think about what is possible if we all came together. Because the thing is, is that when we do that, when we come together and we all play our role and, we, and we, we're not jealous of what other people do and we're not comparing ourselves to what other people are doing, but we understand that I'm the little finger or I'm the uvula or I'm the elbow or I'm the appendix. Nobody knows what the appendix does. Just has the ability to blow up and kill you, but it's irrelevant. It, it, if we all did our part, if we all played our role, Think of what is possible. If, if, you, if you recognize that what you do matters to God, that he has given you gifts, that he has given you talents, that you are invaluable to him just because of who you are, but you're also invaluable to him because of the part that you play in the body of Christ. Church isn't a place that we go. The church is who you are. You are the church. You are the body of Christ. You're his hands. You're his feet. You might be his elbow, and you might even be his pinky, but your role is incredibly important. But if you're not engaged, if you're not expressing and offering the unique value for what you were created for, if you're asleep, dormant, or paralyzed, then something that a God wants to be done in the world is not getting done because you are uniquely created to bring value and to offer life and to make this body of Christ work. Your gifts matters. Every time you pray, it matters. You may not feel like worshiping on a Sunday morning, but when you do, it matters. You may not feel like anything is happening, but it matters. But believe me, it matters to the heart of God and it matters to be with others and his family because every part of the body needs every part of the body. I can't operate without you and you can't operate without me. I, I, I need you to understand that you have no idea how much it means to Trinity and I that we know that there are people that are praying for us. We feel it. We, we sense it. It lifts us. It supports us. You have no idea the person that wrote me a, a note this week thanking me for what we're doing. You don't understand how much that meant to me this week, that I was able to carry through my week, a bit of a tough week because of that note. You have no one, you just think you wrote a note, but what it did is it invested into my soul and my spirit in such a way that it carried me through. And when, you know, this week, Trinity ends up in hospital at three o'clock in the morning on Friday with some stuff going on. You don't understand how much your prayers and how much your notes and how much your kind words lifts restores, builds, and makes us feel part of the body of Christ and enables us to function, enables us to do what we're doing because you're playing your role and your role matters and your presence matters and you matter to God, but you matter to this body. And you matter. And I promise you with everything in my heart, I'm gonna do my part. 
I'm going to do everything that I know to do. But I need you to do everything that you need to do so that we can come together as the body. Because the Bible says, how blessed are we when we come together in unity. How blessed are we when we all do our parts, when we all do what God has called us to do, and we come together as the body of Christ. You know what happens? The community starts to say things like, man, how good is it that the church of Jesus Christ is in our community? How good is it that there's a church, the body of Christ, in our community? How good is it that they're blessing this community? How good is it that they're doing what they're doing in their community? The house, the church is meeting the needs of the community. The church is showing love. The church is the body of Christ. And you are an invaluable part of His body. It's one of the most important messages I could ever share with you. But it's also one of the hardest ones for you to embrace because we've been told by the enemy time and time again that we don't matter. And we live in a world that's telling us we don't matter. We live in a world that tells us that we're not unique, but you are unique. And what happens when we don't think that we're valuable, it's because we're looking at the farming going, oh, that's more valuable than me. Look what the farming can do. We're looking at, oh, that's a better, that's a better gift than me because look, you can make your kids come from across the room. But the pinky, the part that nobody thinks matters is the one that brings 50% of the strength to the hand. The little toe we think doesn't matter until you break it. And then you realize how much your balance is affected by your little toe. Every part matters. And when you're not doing your part, we're missing a toe, or we're missing a finger, or we're missing an eye, or we're missing an eyebrow. And I don't know about you, but have you ever seen somebody that doesn't have eyebrows? It's scary. When you don't do your part, we're missing the uvula. When you don't do your part, we're missing teeth. We're missing a tongue. We're missing eyes and ears and noses and hands. We're missing the liver and the kidney. But when we do our part, when we come together, huh, I'm not a Christian anymore. I'm not a disciple anymore. I'm not just a follower of Christ anymore. I'm now, I'm now His body. And we get to represent the head and our community and inside the four walls of this building. And your part is invaluable. Your part is invaluable. Friend, you are valuable just because He created you. But you're invaluable because He's given you unique gifts and talents and abilities that when that gets added to Trinity's gifts and talents and abilities, to John's talents and abilities, 
and to Gina's talents and abilities and to Mitchell's talents and abilities and to Jody's talents and abilities. And all of a sudden, what we can accomplish on our own becomes so much greater because we're now not on our own, but we're doing this as a collective. And now I've got an arm and now I've got a hand with me and now I've got eyes and now I've got ears and now I've got a nose and all of a sudden, our community starts to see the love, the grace, the mercy, the goodness, the invitation of a saviour. Your part matters. Your part matters.